Today's podcast is sponsored by the Royal Homeland Constabulary. If you dream of a hopeful future with endless opportunity, travel and top-notch training, sign up to the RHC. You'll be paid one groat per week. You'll get your own straw cesspit in the communal barracks and you'll have a wonderful time mingling with all the thieves, bandits, muggers and other assorted scum and villainy. Sounds lovely. But when they say travel, they just mean down the street to find out who threw eggs at Madame Brandybox's garter showhouse. And it's usually just Bert. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me today is Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ, as ever, it is an absolute delight to be here. Hey, Great. Peter. Yes. I have been expecting you. Oh, good. Well, it you would see... be awkward if you weren't. Do you see uh, what I did there? Is... <laughs> this is the same time we do the podcast, like every <laughs> every week. Uh, yes. Are you perhaps doing some sort of Bond villain reference? Well, you yes. need like a large white that, cat sitting in your lap that, for us. That is that is what I am doing, and that is Absolutely. because our guest today yes is producing uh-huh. a five uh, E powered espionage spy game. And guess what? Guess what it's called? Is it called the Incredible Spying Adventures? In a modern world that is entirely unlike Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yes, it is. No, <laughs> oh, okay. it is. It is called the Spy Game, a title which I know you'll appreciate because you love games that do what they say on the tin. It it, it does help a lot. Could you introduce? I'm just about to. Yeah, in your time. Yeah. So with us today is, I, I believe, the head of RPG development at Modifius, and oh. also is currently running a Kickstarter for his 5e powered spy game. Um, this is Mr. Sam Webb. Hi, Sam. Hello, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Good. All the better for having you here. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, how's your, how's your week been? Yes, it's been pretty good. Um, I was in the West Country, which is the southwest of England. Oh, I thought you were going to say Westeros for a second. No, that's, that's a fictional place for us. Sam, it's is that a map of... Exist. Yeah, I've just noticed. That's a map of Westeros behind you, isn't it? It is legit a map of Westeros, yeah. Absolutely. Is that not where you were, Peter? No, it's not, in fact, where ah. I was. Although I might have been te- I might, might have been in a place that inspired Dawn, I couldn't tell you. Um, there was certainly a lot of cider, uh, because we were on a cider tour of cider <laughs> mm-hmm. breweries, and it was marvellous. Marvellous, I tell you. Including yeah. the famous is... Lime Bay Winery, which... And is this is why you have a mild headache today? Mayhap. <laughs> uh, how's your week been, Sam? It has mm. been a roller coaster of late nights and emotions. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, I know. I know the feeling. There we go. Right? No one, no one quite prepared me for this. Uh, I mean, like we've done. I've been involved in Kickstarters uh, with Modifius, obviously. Uh, I think I'd uh, just started when, or, or a few months in, when the John Carter Kickstarter was going on. I just, dis- I distinctly remember. Like seeing Chris going through, like getting like graphics done and like hmm. kind of putting all the pledges up, and him kind of figuring out exactly how things were going to go. Thankfully, I've got a partner in crime, James, who helps a lot in the background while I kind of like I'm like the face of the, like uh, uh, kind of the the game and the company and stuff. Um, 
so that that's been great because then I have had someone else be able to kind of bounce stuff off of and actually help out with uh, with stuff like updates and kind of yeah. putting it is, it is a it's a roller coaster of emotions though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, like just I was just staring at a number on the screen, just going go up, just, just go up. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <laughs> you think you can actually will it to go up if you stare at it hard enough? Oh man, like that, like if I it's like I'm nine pounds away from no up, yeah, yeah. up. If I just if I just click refresh, it'll like it'll change, right? No, it won't. The Kickstarter thing is live. It updates itself. That's that's a fallacy. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Russ, how has your week been this week? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. <laughs> um, very very similar to yours, I suspect, Sam. To be yeah. honest. Well, you've got your Kickstarter going on right now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're about halfway through, so we're right in that bottom of the u-shape at the moment yeah you know just struggling through and that's always quite that's always difficult that period yeah yeah, yeah. uh but, you know, we'll get there we'll get there we're doing really well actually i'm really happy with it good it looks cool man has it broken the 60k mark uh not quite it's just like it is literally a few pounds short of it it's 59500 something oh. i think that's from my checked so it's so close so close we, we can't. But, it would be a much worse podcast. But we're not here to talk yeah. about me, are we? <laughs> like, no offence, Guy, but we talked about you loads. Yeah, we know what you're like. I don't like. mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's my other side Yes. Sure. Let's do a bit of news, shall we? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, then. It is, it is yes. in the podcast title. We might as well do it. The big news of the week, at least I think the biggest news of the week, was the Any Award Ooh. nominations for 2019. Yes. Have you guys seen these? It's yes. super exciting. That is, uh, that is a, a really, really good list, I think, this year. And I say this because I'm no longer involved in the any, so now you know I'm not biased yeah. when I say it. Nice. Afraid I am, I though, say, because we're I, in it. Well, uh, well yes, there is well, that. Yes, so you are, you are very, very biased. Literally yeah. everything in the entire world ever, so, yeah. That is very true, yeah. It is, there is no such, true. There, there is no such thing as a game that Modifius does not yeah. publish, so... Yeah. I reckon at I reckon at some point Modifius is going to somehow be publishing D and D. Somehow it's going to happen. Maybe not today. Ooh. Maybe not tomorrow. Well, it's a definition of D and D to include the fifth edition rule sets. Um, well, I'm not publishing under Modifius. Not, not on your I'm doing Modifius it independently. Hat. Oh yeah, yeah, we understand. Not under my Modifius hat. No. no, no. Do wearing... you have a Modifius hat? I don't. I really want one. Now. <laughs> you said you it. should have a Modifius hat for work. It's like you know, because you're so important. Yours should be a bigger Modifius hat. I'm thinking possibly yeah. with like uh, more really bells. Useful and maybe because some, like, then you could wear your Modifius hat or your black cat hat, depending on what you're talking about at the time. Try saying that a few times uh, fast. Your black cat hat could look or like you could have a hat that you just turn around, so it's different from the front and the back. That's true. That that that, that sounds uh, like legit. That sounds like how my mind is at the moment. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> let me just turn around. Hang on. I could just wear a cat. I could just wear a cat, and then maybe I could wear. A literal cat, yeah. Or maybe I could then wear all the games in the world ever for the other. For me. Oh, yes, just this pile balanced on your head. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. not, but anyway, I, I mean, if anything, it's going to really help your neck muscles like so much, and improve I mean, your posture that. too. Yeah, my posture is janky. It's awful. <laughs> okay. Wait, well, there you go. Anyway, we were, we were talking about the 2019 any nominations. Yes, let's do um, that. Oh yeah. yeah so sorry. I was just having a quick look. There's too many of them to um, go through in total. But I did notice yeah. a few things that did jump out at me. One of them was um, Liminal, yes. which, we, uh, which we mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Was it even last uh, week? I yeah. think it was even last um, week. And that, that game 
already had caught my attention yeah, yeah. so I thought it looked awesome I don't know much about it apart from what I've basically mm. seen in the press and the sort of um, ads for it and stuff but now it's uh, now it's nominated for product of the year I think I'm probably going to pick that one up that's kind of swung me over the edge oh now, absolutely and um, we we also have uh, yeah. Monty Cook Games Invisible oh. Sun in there which I assume is a re-release is it it must be around a couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, it must be the re-release. I mean, it's yeah. up for best okay. setting. Yeah. It's up for... I thought some, saw something else up here as well. Um, sure I did. It's not... Oh, production values, game, I believe. Production right, there values. we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can argue that that thing has incredible production values. I mean, that's where they pitched it, right? Even originally. Ooh. And I remember at the time seeing it and seeing the price and thinking like... Are they like are they mad? Like mm. how how is this going to go? And then they just did absolutely bonkers. Yeah, yeah. And I was I like, well, we're not mad. Yeah, well, I was like, well, do you know what? That Monty Cook like picked his market, and there is a market there for 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 role players with tons of cash that can throw st- uh, you know money at stuff. And, and since then, there's been a few of those things. You know those D and D Beadle and Grimm's things, which are sort of two three hundred dollars each. When they, when, they, when they release a new yeah, D&D it, adventure, this company called Beadle and Grimm, they mm. release these really deluxe sort of two, three hundred dollar box sets with handouts and little badges and tokens and all sorts of stuff. And Poster of maps. The whole, the whole works. Yeah. And um, I think uh, Keepable yeah. Sevens just starting, just recently announced, uh, um, what's it, like seven, eight hundred dollar release of uh, The Enemy Within. Right, big box set. Oh, yes. it's like deluxe stuff, I guess. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that is way, way beyond my budget for an RPG supplement. But I think there are people oh, out yeah. there. I think, it, yeah, I think you're right. I think that I think the budget is like for for most people, it's kind of out of their price range. But I think that there are enough people out there who will go for it and go. You know what? I want the full experience, and I'm yeah. gonna. Or maybe a group can chuck in together, like yeah. like say 200 quid. But that's the thing. You don't need everyone to oh, buy yeah. it, do you? You just need yeah. enough people to buy it. Yeah, and this is kind of it for that. Yeah, that's like 35, 40 quid each. And that, that, that's... Uh, what's what's, what's, what's thing, Modifius but, uh, got yeah, in there? It's definitely well, a bit so I, uh, Oh, well, in terms of the Ennies? Very long list. Yeah. Uh, so we've been up for yeah. uh, Best Supplement, uh, and that's for the Star Trek Adventures Science Division Supplemental Rule. Book. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's the third of the series. We did these division books. Um, mm-hmm. Each for then we did... I think it's the Command Division, because that's split into like Command and Con. And then there's Operations, and then there's Sciences. Um... Bit of a shame we're not up for cover because that the, the, those three covers are a big triptych. Like you jam all those books together on uh, on their actual front covers and they form a big scene. Oh, um, I did not realise that. Which, if that, you, is, that is that is a thing I'll be trying to do after this podcast like, ends. Like now. sliding I'm be finding the three round. pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was. Oh no, I, I didn't know that. I did that? Yeah, that was really fun to art direct as well. Um, and so we put that together. But the, the, I'm actually very proud of the sciences division rulebook, even though it's the last. And you can imagine that, like most games, when you start getting to like supplement number ten or something, it starts yeah. to get a bit silly sometimes, or you get like a bit of expansion creep. Ooh. But for Star Trek, we've got a lot more options and stuff for people out there, and just for like a lot more tools to support some of your more sciencey stuff, like doing research, discovering things. Yeah. There's the kind of more stuff for diseases and stuff like that. Um, I did a bit about like creating really truly alien races that are like you know made Ooh. of like magnets and stuff. I don't know, like just like random <laughs> stuff like that. So you mean you mean not just humans with yeah. something stuck to their forehead? Not just humanoids with a bit of like. <laughs> Forehead pipe, yeah. um, hydrogen breathers, yeah, yeah. silicon-based life, creatures from gas yeah, giants, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Uh, all, all, all the proper, sex- yeah, all that kind of far nice, out stuff. Nice. 
Oh, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, reminds me mm. of some sex agenda yeah. stuff. Oh, you know, I like uh, so, Hugh's got an honourable mention in a in a big mm-hmm. section. Uh, we cover time travel and stuff, and there's all kind of cool artwork for some of that where we've got like original series people have somehow found their way onto like um, an intrepid class, uh, so like Voyager, um, like kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's all and and it was great because that just that little bit of artwork just to kind of say was. Uh, it really kind of mashed the two kind of stars together. Like the the original series crew, like quite campy and quite oh. the kind of um, heroic pose yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. the people in the background of Voyager are just chatting with a cup of coffee, uh-huh. like <laughs> like this, like kind of what they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I am I am such a massive Star Wars fan, a uh, Star Trek fan. Oh. I, even, I even know the name. I am a fan of both, to be fair. But I I'm, I'm more I I think I'm more of a Trek fan than I am a Wars fan. The, it's close, but I think I think Trek kind of edges it out for me. Yeah, I used to. I I loved both when I was a kid, but I used um, Star Trek's got a soft spot in in my in my heart because I used to sit with my dad, um, like tucked into the same armchair as him mm. when I was a kid watching yeah. Next Generation. Mm. So that was that was really like really life affirming at the time because it was just great kind of dad time oh, really for me. For me, the real the core of Star Trek fandom for me, the thing I love the most is that uh, movie trilogy two, three, and four. Just yeah. those three movies with the original okay. cast is by far my favourite Star Trek period. That's fair. That's fair. It it's not like it's not one that I have a, a lot of love for. I remember watching. I I really liked Undiscovered Country. I watched that mm. a few times when I was younger. Um, but never having really been properly exposed to the original mm. series, um, I tend I've tended to uh, like on the kind of next generation, so like Picard onwards, kind of uh, yeah. both the movies and the TV shows. Yeah. I mean, I like the Undiscovered Country, but I feel they are too old to be doing it at that point. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were getting there before that, but at that point, it was really stretching believability, wasn't it? Yeah, that's fair. I really like Generations as well, though, and I, I don't think it's like a fan favourite, <laughs> but but I really enjoy it. I like it. Mm. You know. Oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not such a fan of that one. The kind of mashup stuff. We don't like how Kirk died. Um. Anyway. Um. <laughs> I'm <laughs> uh, just having a quick look at some of the other any nominations. We've got uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay from yep. Google Seven. Yeah. No, no real surprise there. I don't think. Uh, we've got um, the Fall of Delta Green from yes. Hellgrain. Nice. Um, we always get a really good showing from the UK companies Ooh. these days. In fact, over the last ten years, I'd say the Ennies have always had a really, really strong UK contingent. Yeah, it's pretty strong. I'm and I'm enjoying it. Um, of course, I mean, if you think about those kind of that, that straddle across the pond uh, like so both america and in and europe because i know that mm-hmm. chaosium have quite oh. a few uh people over here working uh it's so like yeah. galantha source yes. books up there 13th age um, system are they in any other categories um yeah i've seen chaosium's i mean there's um recent version of master of niani you know that word <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i saw yeah. that up here oh i think that's I have to say it, Niall uh, there, you go. there we go. Niall. I can say it. I just have to think about it. It's probably best not to. It's called the Black Pharaoh. Um, yeah, there it is. Fine. We'll know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, I think with um, Modifius, Cubicle 7, and Pelgain in particular, they tend to be, you know, they tend to have Ooh. a fairly decent showing. In the, you know, they, I think they represent the UK pretty well every year Ooh. in the Indies. Yeah. It's it's so odd to like only see these people at conventions too. So you travel like a few thousand miles to yeah. land in Indianapolis, and then you're like, oh, hang on, <laughs> like you're, you're like yeah. you're, you're kind of down the road from us. Oh, hey, well, Andy. Cubicle like, Seven's over in Ireland now, yeah. though, aren't they? So they, they did, they, yeah, they, they moved. moved away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know where Pelgrane's based. That's in Indiana, so, yeah. isn't it? 
I believe so. I think they have a. I do. I do think they have an office, small office in London. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, should we see what yes. else is in the news? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, some Pathfinder Second Edition stuff. Ooh, how exciting! Uh, so their first adventure path mm-hmm. for Pathfinder Second Edition. Oh goodness! Uh, is called the Age of Ashes Adventure Path, mm-hmm. and the first adventure. In the Pathfinder 2nd Edition, Age of Ashes Adventure Path yeah. is called Hell Knight Hill. That is a lot of brands to squeeze into one sentence. <laughs> yeah. Brand, sub-brand, sub-brand. <laughs> it, it, it's hierarchical. It explains what's going on. And ultimately, if you call it Hell Knight Hill, then that, that's the name. I'm expecting a hill. I'm expecting a hell night. If I don't get either of these, I'll be most unhappy. <laughs> uh, well, um, the, the first adventure by uh, Amanda Hamon or Hamon Hamon is um, up for pre-order now, Ooh. and obviously will be coming out round about the same time as the core rulebook, which is going to be the first of August. Which, well, that's what two weeks away, three weeks away now. But but that's a Gen Con launch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. nobody's seen the uh, rulebook except for a select few bound under dire. Yes, the only people that have seen it are under so non-disclosure so, yeah. agreements. Mm. So we'll have to wait two or three weeks before we can talk about it. Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, what else What else do we have in the news? I mean, that's the best sort of uh, uh, podcast news. Have... It's uh, like, yeah, we tell you about this really cool uh, the, stuff. The, the sort of podcast news you can't talk about. Absolutely. I mean, there isn't, there isn't, it has actually been quite a quiet week news-wise. I yeah. think we might actually be there, unless you two are aware of any any news I haven't covered. I haven't seen anything. Nothing it's, sticks out in my yourself. mind. Really. I see the Fallout RPG PDF is now available. Yeah, oh, so that got released. My yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is the Wasteland Warfare version because we're bringing out a 2D20 version next year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, so that is uh, like the fully compatible version with the, like the miniatures game um, and uses its rule set as the basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of like a standalone expansion, basically. Mm. Um, so that went on on sale. Um, I'm not actually sure how well it's done yet because I haven't looked uh, like behind the curtain of us of our web store this week mm. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm going to be keen to see how it's done uh, when I head back in the office tomorrow. Mm. Okay. Well, that's a big round. What's, so what's well. the, uh, so just to clarify, because I wasn't 100% sure about this. So Wasteland Warfare is a separate system to 2D20? Yeah. So, oh, okay. I, I think I might have gotten the wrong end of the stick on that one. What's, what's, how does that one work? Well, so basically, um, when we, we pitched to Chris Birch, who's the publishing director... Kind of, kind of like two versions that we wanted to look at doing for the game uh, yeah. when we finally got the green light from Bethesda and we, f- we figured out well we could do both um, and this first one because it's um, based on the Wasteland Warfare miniatures game that was released last year mm. um, it means that what we can do is um, kind of build on something that Bethesda were really familiar with and also provide fans of the miniatures game uh, with what they were calling out for, really, which was kind of like, well, how do I role play with this system? Yeah. Um, so it gives people a bit of that. And then what we're also doing as well in the RPG department now, um, and I'm leading that, is we're um, so we're starting. We're actually working on the alpha at the moment um, for the 2D20 edition of the game. So that will be more yeah. your traditional role playing game experience. So that will be mm. a more kind of you know larger hardback core rulebook. It will be using our kind of uh, D20 pool dice system for a mm-hmm. 2d20 mm-hmm. um so it'll be fairly familiar with those who know the rules for that uh but also i'm looking to try and kind of lower any barriers to entry for people who don't necessarily know the system that well mm. but who really love fallout because i think we'll have a lot of fans who yeah. really love the ip and don't know the system that well yeah so it's sort of a a larger rules introduction to fallout for 
help people get into RPGs? Um, I the... we absolutely can do. Um, I haven't focused the development on that mm-hmm. yet, but it's certainly something because I think, as again, like you say, uh, I think there are going to be a lot of Fallout fans out mm. there who maybe this will be their first experience of tabletop role playing. Oh. So that will certainly be a consideration when we're we're looking into the game and actually looking at the development of. Uh, kind of like the introduction and the and the core rules and stuff so make it as as i say lower barriers to entry as easy as possible for people to pick up and play exactly uh role-playing cool. games should be for everyone i agree completely yeah absolutely oh sorry Russ, I interrupted. Right, well that's, that's about it for the news this week actually oh well it that's a, that was a quick one that's, a, that's the shortest news segment we've ever done i think isn't it that was brief quite, quite, quite yeah. possibly quick play the national anthem <laughs> i think part of it was it's because it's because EN World was down for three days last week <laughs> while we were doing a trial upgrade of the back the software, which didn't work, and we had to pull back again. Yeah. Uh, uh, no and that basically means that there was three days of news, which probably I missed entirely because <laughs> I was busy doing that rather than rather than reporting on news. Yeah. Oh. And we're trying again this coming week as well, so we're going to be down again for two or three days this week too. Ooh. Well, well, to be fair, we've got Gen Con coming up, so that is where a lot of the big announcements will be made. That is very, very true. That's true. And Uh, the big releases. Hello, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. Uh, We have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week just as a thank you for uh, for backing our patreon and because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark they also get to like talk to us in our discord channel which is pretty good mm. and sometimes even deign to answer that uh, but even more importantly when we have guests coming onto the show they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests mm. um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer so please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Uh, our favourite game in all the world. Yes. Don't give us a proper title. Uh, which we might have a, th- which we might have a theme tune for this week, depending on whether uh, or not Daryl manages to put that thing together. We do have a theme tune for it. It will be super exciting. You're, you're going to love it. It's like <laughs> top quality stuff. It's like is completely in line with our values as a podcast. Oh, <laughs> I'm not making this better. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. No, I'm genuinely excited to play. No, I love this. No, oh, you do. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, oh, okay, that's right then. Sorry, I didn't know if Russ had actually told you about it or if you'd heard the podcast at all or whatever. But that yeah, I've heard fun. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoy uh, it. It's, it's Peter's least favourite bit of the podcast. <laughs> only when we're playing on our own. I enjoy playing this. It's like an excellent example to everyone. And I think the Kickstarters that say what they are on the tin are good guns, which is why the Spy Game, I'm sure, will be excellent. Oh, and don't pick the spy game just for me. I, don't know, I, don't know. I think you should, man. I think you should that would try be, it. That would be slightly cheating. <laughs> Maybe the bonus round is the spy game and 
what could it be if it wasn't the spy game? Right. Yes. We should yeah. try and make up the most outlandish thing it could be. Let's get on with our favourite game in all the world, where I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you try to guess what it is from just the name. Uh, two each, does that sound good for you two? So, yeah. you mean we won't need both these D10 then? Okay, I'll put that <laughs> back away. <laughs> uh, would you like to go first, Peter? Yes. Uh, All right, then. I'll do it. I think you're going to like the sound of this title. I don't know if you'll get it. Marvellous, marvellous. Just just how you like it. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Peter, what is? What is? Red Carnations on a Black Grave. That is an awesome title. I've no idea what it means, (laughs) but it's an awesome title. Huh. Red Carnations on a Black Grave. I think that this is probably some sort of adventure module. But mm-hmm. who is it for? Red Carnations or Black Grave? Um, I'm thinking it is uh, probably something aimed at Call of Cthulhu because we've got sort of, or maybe it's a sort of a detective one. I'm getting like a really strong noir feel from it. So it's like, you know, some sort of detective noir, Red Carnations or Black Grave. It's such a strong visual image. It's about. Um, like a a group of people who've uh, got together. I can't remember the name of that. Ah, uh, that sort of Deadpool that you do with your friends. Um, but it's basically like you get you get together and like putting some money in. Whoever survives last takes all the money because I don't know that was something that people used to do for entertainment before they had the internet. Um, and um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I'll look it up when I'm when when looking at the internet. Wouldn't be cheating, and I'll give you. I can't remember. It does sound <laughs> fun. Go. And so, what this is is we're looking at a whole pile of people. And it's like the red carnations are slowly coming onto this black grave. Um, has people um, are dying off, and it's adding onto it. It's like it's a metaphor for what's going on, and it's sort of a murder mystery thing. Murder mystery noir adventure module. Hmm. Um, Maybe Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds oh, awesome. Well, I think there should be about more that. murder mystery non-adventure yes. modules. Oh. This is not one of them. What this is, and um, to, to be fair, yeah. there's no way you'd have got this. It is a free-form yes. role-playing game that brings to life the 72 tumultuous days of the Paris Commune. You said some words there, and I understood them individually. <laughs> um... So according to this, and I am okay. not uh, an expert in this by any means, but for mm. just over two months in 1871, yep. the Paris Commune tried to make an egalitarian socialist state a reality, despite disagreement within their walls and attacks from outside it. This is the story of a community caught up in sudden revolution. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Like you say, kind of freeform story kind of way. Yeah, Yeah. it says each player portrays two characters during the two months of the commune, one of whom must die during the French army's all-out assault on Paris in the last week of May 1871. Oh, okay. That's heavy. Is it it a Scandinavian (laughs) publisher? Who's uh, making this? And when does it end? Uh, This is by Catherine Raymond. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound Scandinavian. Not at all. So, okay. And when the does Kickstarter the Kickstarter ends end? on Thursday, July the 18th, which I believe is next week, the week after. Okay. Uh, yeah, so if you want to get yeah. on this... Um... All right, then, shall we do another one? Yeah. Yes, we should. Okay, then, this one's for Sam. So, Sam, what is 
The Spy Game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's maybe that's cheating. <laughs> Legit, or are we like? No, I, th- I, th- I think you might possibly guess that one. No, that's fair. It would be frightening if you didn't it put would it be that way. No, I have no, no. idea. <laughs> no, what is what is Hearts of Magic? Threads entangled. This sounds like a five E adventure. Um about uh with like with with unique uh new like magical classes and probably some kind of like plane hopping or teleportation goodness that would be my guess hmm. um i would say you're not much closer than peter was unfortunately <laughs> have you heard of have you heard of something called mobile frame zero firebrands I have not. I have not either. But apparently this is based upon it. Is that it. not like a uh, war game says, involving Lego? Or that you can... Sorry. Uh, okay, that, I'm know. probably thinking of something else that has a similar name. <laughs> that, that, that is a thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, well, this is, this, this, this is described as fey yes. nobility, arcanist bureaucrats, and anarchist witches falling for their enemies and getting into messy entanglements amid an undeclared war for control of a mage punk city newly inundated with magical energy. That's a long sentence, I know, but that is the sentence in front of me. Uh, so like sexy magical romance times. I, I, that's what I'm getting uh, from that, yes. You have to fight, flirt and steal time together amid attempts and escalating Oh, conflict. well, mate, so, it's so obvious. I don't know if Peter told you, Russ, but we're actually... We're, we're going to play a session of that just straight after the podcast. I don't know if you'd, like, I'd arrange, I'd arrange that with him, so we're going to try yeah. that out. So. Fine. I want to be the Amaranta. <laughs> oh, dear, yes. oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, yeah, that ends on Saturday, July the 13th, which is yes. also next week. A different part yeah. of next week. Uh, what else do we have then? Okay, then. Okay, Peter, this it. one's Ooh. for you. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, that's it. What is yeah. Troll's Teeth? That's the things they used to chew you with. Oh, sorry. Is that the quick? Is that the name of the Kickstarter? Mm. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Troll's mm. teeth. Um, I'm hoping that it is a setting, and it's about a whole pile of mountains, uh, like the Troll's Teeth Mountains, and it's telling you all about them. And hopefully that there will be trolls in the Troll's Teeth Mountains, because otherwise I feel that'd be a bit sad. Um, so some sort of Vaguely heroic fantasy, but I could see some gritty OSR mm. stuff going on. Yet again. Perfectly bang on target. Not even close. Oh. <laughs> it's one of those two. Uh, but, so this is a, a, a tabletop RPG yes. game of chance. Yep. An original system. Uh, it says it's a combination of two things. Mm. Gaming and blacksmithing. Obviously, those two All right. frequently go together. My interest is slightly peaked. Yeah. Um, so it's a game of chance which fits into any role-playing yeah. game system. Uh, and the game is played with six handmade iron or wooden mm-hmm. teeth that are cast across your favourite tavern table. Place your wager, cast the teeth, then count the pips, consult the results table in the PDF rules provided. Mm. Dice teeth. Yes. Dice teeth. Teeth Pass dice. I like I like I like the added PDF as well. I can just imagine these trolls in this ancient um, this ancient tavern tossing these wooden teeth across the table and then whipping out an iPad to check the PDF. No, mine's on my yeah. phone. I can't quite read this bit. <laughs> Me fingers don't cannot move. Yeah. 
I think trolls would play with actual teeth. And here's an interesting thought for you. Your teeth is an exposed part it's of fiction. the skull that you have to clean daily. And you can There's no such thing remove. as teeth. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the he- oh, boy, is my face red. Anyway. <laughs> 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 okay, last one. Last one. Yes. Uh, who's okay. this one for? This one's for Sam, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Are you ready? Yes. What is the spy game? No. <laughs> It's a game all about spies. <laughs> what is the king of dungeons? It is a 5e supplement. I keep saying 5e supplement, but it's it's a supplement. That, that, uh, that does help it's your the odds, bet, basically. You just say 5e, you've I got mean, an 80% yeah. chance of getting it. No, do you know what? I mean, I'm going to change this a little bit. It's a system agnostic PDF of, like, uh, big bad end guys. Yeah, hmm. but it's but it's like pretty much all fluffy. So there's no like there's no distinct rules. So there's no it's not like like Five E or Call of Cthulhu or like um like any of the other like systems. But it's like not a yeah, stat block want... sight, man. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I would buy that book. But what this one is oh. is a stripped down version of the Thirteenth Age role playing game. Okay. Oh. Uh, so it's okay. by uh, Baz Stevens. Uh-huh. Who is one of the co-hosts of What Would the Smart Party Do podcast? I've been uh-huh. I've been on their I've been on their show once, and uh, uh-huh. uh, this is a, a blend of the world's most popular role-playing game. I'm not sure I described Thirteenth Age as that, and the more indie narrative sensibilities, but simplified and stripped right back. Um, he's also added other bits and pieces from all over the gaming spectrum and his own brainium. He says. Um, so he compares it to 13th Age, what basic D&D was to AD&D. Okay. Peter looks blank. <laughs> and you're a, you're a big fan really of 13th confused. Age, Peter, so... I, I, I am. I'm, yeah, stripped down version. Interesting. And then, but then it's, was it basic to AD&D? Interesting. Yeah, four. Why not? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, when when does uh, Baz's Kickstarter uh, Tuesday, end? July the sixteenth. Okay. Right. So if you're listening to this podcast, do you best get in there quickly? In fact, every podcast, every every Kickstarter that we've mentioned, you should definitely get in and back really quickly. Well, given the fact that neither of you scored any points, is I it, suggest we have a tiebreaker. Is it going to be first a bonus person round? to answer wins? <laughs> yeah, it's a bonus round. Yes. First person to answer okay, wins. Let's go. Are you ready? What is? The spy game. It is a game uh, all about restatting all of the characters in the monster manual to the spy uh, in the back mm, of the monster I mean, that's manual. A, that, how could it, I mean, how I mean, could that, it be that, anything that, else? That, that's like a decent shot, but I think you're actually fine. It's a game all about making a lot of pies, but due to a tragic error in uh, printing, it's actually the pies game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's where you play a group of venturing pies going through oh. a dungeon, um, trying to avoid the dreadful chefs that are trying to bake you alive. So it, it should be the pies game, but the S got moved it's at the, the end of the word. Yeah. And like, you know, I would have um, proofreaders. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I do, I do have to change the rules, even even though Sam answered first. I have to give that one. To yeah, I would play that. <laughs> I would legit play that. No, and uh, genuinely, um, if if my predictive text is anything to go by, we'll publish the soy game in 2020. <laughs> that one, that Ooh, one does sound good. 
It's all about growing crops. Oh, so I think that makes I think that makes Peter by a whisker the winner of this Yay. week's favourite game in all the world. I won one. Finally. Yeah. You look so happy. <laughs> <laughs> look at that big smile across his face. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Well done, Peter. So, this campaign is set in Victorian London. The first railways have been constructed and the streets are a mix of fog and gaslight. London is the biggest city in the world and Jack the Ripper is at loose. So, what sort of character would you like to play? Uh I've been looking forward to this campaign. I'd like to play a deep gnome illusionist. Ah, Sorry, Um, I wasn't clear. Uh, The setting is Victorian London. It will help enormously if your character is appropriate for the setting. Oh, oh, I see, I see. My bad, my apologies. Uh, Well, in that case, um, I would like to play a tiefling warlock, if you please. (sighs) I'm not sure you're quite grasping the setting. Victorian London is not known for its non-human fantasy races. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, uh, no, not acceptable. Um, okay, how about this? I'm Myatore, who's the captain of a spelljamming ship. Victorian London. Mm-mm. Um, okay, so you're not feeling that. How about Illithid Planeswalker? Victorian London. Right, right um, okay, okay, challenging me now, uh... How about coming from the sewers, a drow paladin? Victorian London. Dragonborn? Nope. Rakshasa? Nope. Uh, how about a pixie, ogre mage, Jan? Nope, nope, nope. A bladeling, or hobgum. <gasps> a sea elf? No. Uh, how about a vidalkin, a frogwing, a work? No, you auntie. Seriously? What don't you get about Victorian London? Uh, a stone child. A celestial. I said that. No, even better. An aracocra. This is excruciating. Okay, um, how about a furbolg or a kinder? A triton? A modron? A loxodon? A lich? A kobold? A helldrant? Dwegar? Ah, oh, I've been reading Dragonlance recently. A draconian. My tether nears its end. Ah, oh, fine. Um, what about maybe a gargan or quartz devil? A demigod. Borg queen. A wookie. A Sith lord wookie. Come on. You're not even staying in genre now. How about some sort of android slash predator? Oh, a Klingon, but it's actually a Terminator with a mix of Vorlon going in. <gasps> no, it... Perfect. Dalek... Really? You want to play a Dalek in Victorian London? What? Doctor Who did it? Um, okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. A Transformer. Cartoon Rabbit. A Kaiju. <gasps> of course. Vija. Vija? Yeah. Now you are suggesting that a gas cloud from the year 2270, many AU in diameter, housing the now sentient remains of a Voyager space probe intent on cleansing the Earth of all human life and storing it digitally for eternity is an appropriate player character for this campaign. Yeah, but I see from your face you're not playing it. Worth a try. What I'll do is I'll play like a 
a human constable then. <sighs> Finally, that's better. With wings. We can actually talk about the spy game. Oh, yes, yes. Cool. So the spy game is on Kickstarter right now yes. and is being masterminded. Are you, uh, you and one other person, I believe, is it, Sam? Yeah, so it's me and cool. James Barry. Uh, James is looking after more of the kind of business cool. side of stuff mm-hmm. and it's helping with promotion and all that kind of thing. Whereas I'm developing the game, writing most of it. He's looking after some of the NPC stuff as well for us, which is mm. really cool. Um, but then uh, the actual, like... Uh, development from the fifth edition open game content, open game license stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the SRD uh, I'm doing. Um, so it's actually so far been about a year's work, mm. I think, kind of up until this point. And then we launched the Kickstarter at time of recording about mm. a week ago, and been doing really well so far. It has, I mean, it has. we're we're um, you know, we're we're asking for quite a kind of moderate size compared to some Kickstarters, some kind of first off Kickstarters, mm-hmm. because we want to be able to provide people with um, like the kind of goodness that we're all kind of used to and, and know and love. So like a lot of hardback books and like a GM oh. screen and dice kind of mm-hmm. kind of from the off. We were looking to stretch some of those and we kind of realigned a little bit and they'll come out if yeah. we fund. So we're asking for 17k uh, yeah. of your great yeah. British pounds. Um, <laughs> I know that will convert that's somewhere else. That's about $22,000, something It'll like that. about yeah. 21, 22, not, That's 921,423 US dollars. Nine, 921,000 huh. US dollars. By today's conversion rate. I did that in my head. I might be slightly off. But... Just slightly. <laughs> um, but so it's, you, you've gone with 5th edition as the rule yes. system. Yeah. For, for an espionage RPG. What was the what was the thought process behind choosing 5th edition? Well, I really wanted to make something that people were already quite familiar yeah. with. Yeah. Because I've always loved the spy kind of action movie mm. genre. Um, grew up watching James Bond and then stuff like Mission Impossible. Mm. And then, like, through this, have watched now, like, tons of different stuff. Um, the stuff escapes my mind now, but there's loads of different options on the table for oh, people yeah. out there. True um, eyes. And so really it was more about yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy yeah. and just everything like that. Atomic Blonde oh. I watched and was like, that's how I want the spy game to play. Yeah. Um because it was that just one. so cool. I, I have um, that recorded. I haven't had chance to watch it. What are you doing with your life, man? Oh, it's Get so on watch it. It's on it's on the that's, list. It is on I, the list. I love that movie. <laughs> I've got to finish so, Stranger Things yet. Oh, that's true. You should before the internet spoils it for you. Atomic Blonde, I really thought was absolutely amazing. Like the choreography, the shoot, the, mm-hmm. the way they're shooting it. Like you know, Charlie's Theron's character. Like there's just like that scene during the middle of it where she's just been fighting about four or five guys. She's so tired. She's just like yeah. swaying around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. I love brilliant. that yeah, scene yeah. so much. That is yeah. Very strong. Um, so. It was more about the genre for me than it was about the system. Um, but I wanted something that people were already really familiar with and was really popular. Yeah. I, you know, went with 5th edition, looked at the OGL, thought that it actually would be a good fit. Um, okay. And I've always, as well, kind of really enjoyed um, modern games, actually, over or, or sci-fi games, over fantasy games. Mm. I think it's just a personal thing for me. I've always, I've never, I've, I've, I've run plenty of uh, D&D and um, I've played a little bit of Pathfinder. Um, I've run some fantasy stuff over in different other little smaller systems. Um, and that's all fine. And, you know, I enjoy it as, as much as the next person. But I really, I just, I found my 
GMing uh, much easier to do and uh, you know it, I was able to kind of get into the games and the worlds much easier if uh, it was just kind of modern or sci-fi yeah so I wanted to also to kind of have a bit of a challenge of trying to pour over fifth edition over to like the kind of more like modern setting mm. I also really enjoyed when I got the chance to with a, an old gaming group to play Spycraft mm. um, I remember that one well yeah. yeah 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 and there was you know D20 Modern was about as well at the yeah. time mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that this is really kind of like a spiritual successor to Ooh. those in I that st- kind of same vein I still have upstairs the old um, James Bond RPG from the 80s Ooh. you know the box set yeah I, I do I've seen it I don't think I ever played that one but I have it <laughs> I really, I really should dig it out and just try and persuade some people just to give it a whirl, just for, yeah. just yeah. for, just for kicks and giggles. But who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably awful. I don't know. <laughs> was that like that was like early nineties, right? Really was early nineties. Is that what it I was? I, I mean, not sure. c- certainly the cover looks very eighties to me, but I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you. Uh, um, yeah, so, so yeah. I've just I've just been looking at because obviously if you're using fifth edition, you're going to be going with a whole bunch of different classes. Mm. Yep. Uh, re- completely replacing the um, the classes from the from the core rules, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got a list here. You've got a face, mm-hmm. a yep. hacker, yep. an infiltrator, a martial artist, mm-hmm. a medic, a ranger, a soldier, and a technician. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, yeah. I think everybody knows what each of those what each what each of those things are gonna is gonna do. Uh, what's interesting is you don't presumably have races though. No, it being, no, it not being at set all. In the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I've done there is fold the, the kind of fifth edition like race and background stuff together. Right. So everyone, everyone has a background, um, but that gives you a lot of what your kind of like racial bonuses would mm-hmm. be if you're playing fancy yeah. setting. And then basically, ethnicity does not come into it at all. Yeah, you only really yeah. pick your nationality for kind of diplomatic purposes. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, it's kind of like who you were before you're a spy, where you came from. So there are like sport backgrounds, yeah. criminal backgrounds, academia, mm. government, mm-hmm. d- diplomacy, all those kind of stuff. And military as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so really, it's kind of like picking a class, picking your background and then generating stats. So that's kind of how it goes there. But a lot of the classes as well were um, actually developments on 5th edition classes yeah. that were already in there. Um, I mean, some of them are a little bit less recognisable than others. So, like, the face is based on Bard a little yeah. bit. Um, but I think more of the spirit of Bard. Um, mm. Whereas Ranger is pretty much Ranger with some tweaks. Yeah. Martial Artist, um, again, is some, some tweaks, but is almost just a name change <laughs> <laughs> from Monk. From the Monk, um, yeah. yeah. Was, it, was um, this guy a specialist so in Krav Maga? Uh, I saw this. You had it written down. Yeah. So one of the is that part of the yeah, subclass? Yeah. So one, one of the traditions, one of the subclasses, is mm-hmm. Krav Maga. Just because from doing research into more kind of modern martial art techniques, mm-hmm. while I'm planning on introducing some traditional techniques, mm-hmm. some more kind of older techniques. Um, so like um, sh- like Shaolin Kung Fu, mm-hmm. um, and uh, hopefully if we can um, unlock it through a stretch goal, we've got like uh, ninjutsu. Ooh. Well, you've got to have that. No spy game right? can miss ninjas, can it? Ninjas. Well, you've got the infiltrator so, right there. Trotter. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. But of course, we yeah. all know with ninjas, the more of them there are, the less competent they are. It, <laughs> they are. It's true. It's true. Inverse, inverse proportionality, or it's uh, just how it is. That's why you can't go down yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Dodgy Dave's Discount Ninja Warehouse and pick up 12 ninjas for like $5. I mean, it looks like great value, but they just don't last. <laughs> Well, until you until you get down to one, then that last one is just going to be an epic. Thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, a bit like the Highlander. Really, all the ninja power like goes back into the one. Um, I, I I thought the. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
That must be how it works. Absolutely. Um, well, it, it has every time I fought off a dozen ninjas or so. I don't know how you guys do, but your personal experience is your own. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the, it works for me. Yeah. Uh, I fought the medic. I, I quite like the fact that they have a little bit of sneak attack that you've given them. Um, because they've got the... Because yeah. they, they know the... If they're using a finesse weapon or something, they can say, oh, no, mm. we know your vitals are. I, I know exactly <laughs> where to poke this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, have, you, have you got a uh, favourite class there, then? I I have a little affinity to the face. Yeah. I is don't it, really know it, what it is. I think the artwork looks epic. Uh-huh. Um, I was really pleased that Mo sent that through to me. Some of the... Some of the features are really cool. So just really real, like field crafty stuff, mm. like the theme, yeah. which is like one of the first uh, first level features, yeah. where you basically you establish kind of like a, a little bit of a cover kind of thing of what you're doing, mm-hmm. and that's very kind of like um, Hitman and like blending in kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So you like you're walking down a street and you're like shopping for a suit or something. So you're looking at all the kind of shops and doing some window shopping, mm-hmm. and it's that classic kind of perception kind of thing mixed with mm. trying to lose someone who's tailing mm. you and it's all that kind of classic spy stuff um so that i was really proud of that one particularly mm. and all those kind of cool things as well yeah. i like about the class i'm looking at the pre-gen character right now actually mm. uh the face mm. uh, the face is the agent at the social front line oh because that's but, something we can actually yeah, mention I mean, uh if you go to the kickstarter page you can download a 61 page pdf which has um, an introduction to the spy game, and um, you can see its roots in D&D. Also, it includes uh, several pages of adventure, and it has uh, something like eight third-level characters, so you can play one, essentially, of each archetypal class. Uh, and, yeah, so it's like you, you can play it before the Kickstarter's mm. finished and see if you like it. Which yeah, is that's, like, on, you know, that's, that's on Drive for RPG right now. Um, and yeah, we've got links yeah. on the Kickstarter page for it mm. there. Um, yeah, I want, we wanted to give people a preview of, of what you know we've got coming up. Obviously, we're also still in development. What we, one thing I want to do particularly is that uh, once the campaign finishes, uh, hopefully when we fund, is that we'll be able to get the backers the kind of like beta version of the game mm. out pretty soon after. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then I want to kind of dedicate a good few months to working and writing and developing and actually do that with the community we're going to have. Like, So actually posting up um, updates and posting up new kind of preview chapters, mm. um, you know, first of all, just really plainly laid out mm. for people just to try out and kind of start playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if the game hasn't been fully released yet. And then actually give us feedback about that and give us kind of like, well, actually, this 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 class feature isn't really working out for us, mm. and and then and then we can actually kind of have a chat as a community yeah. about kind of where to go from there. Yeah. I think just build a stronger game that way, you know. Yeah. I suppose in a sense, it's you've got an advantage in that you don't have to worry too much about the core rules because you know perfectly well that the five E core rules are a solid, well play tested, you know, base that works. So you can you can focus on all the new stuff you'll bring into it. Yeah, it's a huge boon. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so much. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I really liked what you've done with some of the things and the way you define them. Athletics being used for parkour. Uh, a lot of people would t- try and tell me dex is what you use for parkour. I'll tell you right now, they're just wrong. Strength is what you need for parkour. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, no, seriously, strength. God, so hard. But fun. Um, uh, I really like the way you split esp- uh, tradecraft into espionage and infiltration. One being sort of the more intelligence-based, one being sort of the more perception-based style thing. I thought that was very, very cool. Yeah. Um, I did have a question. You've got Infotech, which is all about 
breaking down, uh, well, basically using computers, hacking and so forth, and cleaning up transmissions. That looked good. Mechanics, pretty obvious, dealing with mechanical things. And then you had tactics um, as an intelligence skill. So I was just wondering, um, could, what what's your vision for that? Yeah, I mean, you could absolutely hard skill it? it if you wanted to, but like, uh-huh. like anything... Uh-huh. Um, in terms of kind of the combat and you can game it as well you know if you know that you know like five foot reaches and like I've got this much movement and that NPC is probably going to probably got that much movement all that kind of stuff you can totally game it I think but tactics will just give you you know you need to be able to to give players the tools their characters would know because like I am not a tactician Mm -hmm. like you know, I, I played plenty of like Armor Three and stuff yeah, yeah, online yeah. and whatnot, oh, nice. like okay. rolling around in like a fairly fairly realistic shooter and yeah. stuff. But like our tactics are terrible. Like I am not military trained, and I'm not expecting <laughs> anyone to play this game to be military trained. <laughs> so yeah. you know, if you if so, even if you even if you kind of meter it for a moment, you say to the game master, like, look, I I want to look at this. I want to look at the the kind of battlefield in front of me and i'm looking at these different npc <laughs> groups and stuff and i want to get appreciation of kind of where they might go or, or what their plan of yeah, attack might be yeah. because i don't i don't know that necessarily mm. uh and, and then you can have a meta discussion about that and go well actually you probably think they're going to come from the front they're going to try and yep. flank you around from the left and all that kind of stuff mm. and if they succeed on that test you can basically say as a game master well look, here's the plan i've got on my bit of paper yeah. and you've because you've figured that yeah, out yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that, and then if you're a really nasty game master, then you change your mind. <laughs> well, no, yeah. no, 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 that would be rubbish. It would like devalue school, and it would be more fun if you're basically yeah. you roll tactics generally, and like, oh, oh that's a big number, that's fortunate. And like, mm. the, the player's like, oh, I got 15, and you're thinking, oh, I got 25. So they say, well, you think they're going to do this, and then they actually do that because mm. they actually they actually roll better in their tactics. That could that could be, uh, yeah, loads of fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's actually something yeah. in the play in like some of the playtesting yeah. and the actual plays that I've done so far yeah. that people don't rely on those skills enough. Mm. Like that, the, there always tends to be this tilt, mm. like this tipping point in a mission. Yeah. Like one of the first missions, that the one that's actually we wrote up and included in the quick start, we called mm. Tectonic Shift, mm. uh, was one we playtested on my Twitch channel mm-hmm. with a couple of people, and there was this kind of like, okay, we're going in incognito, we're undercover, we're in this casino, we're going to look around and see what's going on, go and try and tail this person, go and try and figure out what's going on, and then like rumbled combat, like bam, oh no, like we've got to go and try and figure out like how to deal with this situation now. There is always this like treading softly, yeah. softly, softly. And it's not inevitable, but there's almost always this tipping point of like, and now we've been rumbled, how do we deal with that? <laughs> Let's just set, start and saying not enough kind things of, and then get yeah, out Yeah, burn it down, yeah. start again. <laughs> mm. but, there's never the, but there's never really this kind of like, I'm going to roll infiltration because yep. I want to try and figure out where that guard's going, mm. what, their, what their route is. Or I want to try and like figure out like, okay, I, well, I'm in here. I haven't got the blueprints of this place, mm. but I've been through a few locations. Mm. Where would the where would the, I haven't been to the armory yet? Where might that be? In rolling like yeah, infiltration or kind of or maybe espionage or something like that. Yeah, and I was it was funny because I've been looking a lot at like prepping some roll twenty games for some more actual plays coming up, and I've been editing the 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 character sheet in there from the normal kind of fifth edition thing, um, and actually adding some custom skills because infotech and espionage and stuff they're all like the you know skills that I've come up with for the for the yeah, game. Yeah. Um, and actually, I was like, "There's a lot of intelligence skills that I've added in." Yeah. But actually, not thinking about it, I haven't. Like, I look at you look at religion, you look at history, yeah. you look at um, investigation, oh, oh, all that um, kind of yeah. stuff. It's all in based, and there's loads of it out there. So, you know, I think I think you can be quite 
as as a group particularly as you get more experienced you can be a lot more kind of savvy of like oh i'm gonna hard skill this i kind of know what's going on and then we'll just kind of clear up the mess if things go wrong Hmm. but actually you know i and it's the thing of you know i think in in like a normal fantasy game it's like well hang on i mean like i don't know who like bahama is or stuff something i'm i'm just i'm just sam and just some guy sat here like gm can you tell me can you give me information that i Mm. need and often i'll just ask people what do you want to know like what is the information you are looking for mm. and i will i will probably tell you it like i can tell you the basics and then i'll tell you the thing like actually in 2d20 there's a great mechanic as well that we employed like f- from very early on and i love it in star trek is like you can say you can spend momentum to attain information and that's basically you spend a point of momentum you ask the gm a question they must tell you the truth they can be vague they can kind of change the answer up a little bit to kind of make you think about it a bit more but ultimately they tell you the truth and I love that kind of thing where it's like there's a contract between you the player or or you and the GM and going look this is fiction my character will probably know more about this Mm -hmm. I want to know more about this and actually I want to know a specific bit of information to help the adventure along yeah well, essentially, I mean, in sort of D&D terms, you're talking like a, a knowledge check and then they ask a question about, I don't know, if, if it was a fantasy campaign, there's a monster yeah. in front of you and the, and the players know nothing about it, they just ask a question about that creature and uh, you go, oh yeah, this creature is, I don't know, resistant to fire or something. Yeah. You know you know that piece of information because your character would. Oh, yeah. And it always reminds me of like uh, The Witcher, um, I don't know if it's translated into the um, actual tabletop role-playing game, but certainly into the, in the video game, there's that whole kind of setup of, right, you're going to go and fight this griffin or whatever mm. it is. Um, go and learn about the griffin. Mm. Learn about its vulnerabilities, yeah. learn about its resistances, mm. figure out how you're going to fight this monster. And I was running a, I was running a short D&D campaign, unfortunately, that um, uh, kind of as most games kind of just kind of fell by the wayside Mm. um but i was running one that was kind of in that similar vein of like you're a party of adventurers you're going to go and face this monster that's like one or two challenge ratings above you lot Mm -hmm. so you're going you're going to have to figure out and i can tell you like but you're going to have to research in character how you're going to defeat this monster Mm. because you're kind of like monster hunters yeah Yeah. get smart or get beat yeah Mm. absolutely (laughs) Um, so I was just, kind of, I was just kind of looking at one of the pre-gens here. So it's the face. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the sort of uh, background section on the character sheet here. And you've got a bunch of stuff here, which some some of which comes directly from Fifth Edition, Ideal and Bond and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you've also got some other stuff on here. So you've got double life. You've got mm-hmm. uh, cover identity. Um, obviously, you've got nationality, which is uh, code name and things like that, which are just sort of background elements. Mm-hmm. So are these double life and cover identities, are they mechanics or are they just sort of background information? So they're much like the 5th edition background information stuff that you could either randomly roll or you could create yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, originally, I was just porting in the backgrounds. Like it was just a straight up uh, kind of port. Yeah. But actually through playtesting, and I've got to thank Charlie Smith for this one because um, she kind of uh, really posited the idea. Um, which, is, which she said, like, you want something that really fits. Like these, these are kind of okay, but like... You know, I want something a bit more inspiring and stuff. Mm. So, double life is like your life outside of your agency. Yes. Like, who are you really in the real world? <laughs> and like, if you ever watched Alias, like she's a college student, mm. yeah. um, and like she's just lost her fiance, and like it's there's all this kind of stuff going on in her real life. And then she's also got to go and be a like super spy, speaks does dozen languages, goes around the world and fights crime kind of stuff, right? So. I always love that kind of thing because it just gives you your character some kind of groundedness in the world mm. as well. Um, and also is something that you can really use 
to kind of like mess with your players like you know they give you the rope to kind of hang themselves with right Marvelous. so if you say like you know well I, actually i have a, like a nuclear family at home like somewhere near langley and i've got mm. 2.4 children and all this kind of stuff and you're like cool so we're oh. going to abduct your family yeah. <laughs> um, very, tr- very true lies yeah. yeah yeah right so but, you can kind of use it against yeah. people that doesn't quite work if you're james bond though because your secret identity no, if you're no, james that's, bond that's his is secret identity <laughs> a secret it's agent. also his public identity <laughs> the most well, famous yeah. secret agent in the world <laughs> he's just like <laughs> but, james bond but, the spot, but that yeah. again is interesting <laughs> That's his secret. Yeah, but that's both his secret and his public identity. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they always say like there's, there's that there is that big fan theory. James Bond is a co- is a code name. It's like a cover name for it, whoever yeah. inhabits the. the I that. That doesn't quite work though because his parents were always the same people. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a good fan theory. I don't necessarily think unless that's his true. parents were like foster parents yeah. and they just fostered an entire family <laughs> of spy children. We're actually going to induct you into spy. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I suppose could work. We're like some weird bait. We're like some weird bait and switch induction <laughs> yeah. technique. Yeah. yeah, but what was interesting mm. I found about James Bond and what you, the example you make is that he doesn't really have a life outside mm. of his agency, mm. which I equally find interesting. And it's up to the GM and the group oh, yeah. really to say, well, how much do you want your double life to come up? Mm. Like, if you don't want it to come up at all, you just want to go around the world and fight supervillains. Mm. Ah, we'll just do that. It's fine. It's a bit like backgrounds in. In, in 5e, like, you can just kind of ignore them, they give you a little mm. bit of flavour, and you, it's, a, it's a good fun time. Yeah. Or you can really do the alias and really, like, di- and become quite soap opery yeah, and dig into, really like, into what's yeah, going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like when James Bond gets, like, basically, like, suspended or fired or whatever it is in, like, one of the recent <laughs> films, I can't quite remember which one it is. No, uh, most Skyfall, yeah. Uh, the Skyfall, I think. <laughs> I'm um, sure at some point in every single film he gets fired. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but he just like uh, he just like goes and drinks for like three weeks. <laughs> it's like I'm like yeah, because he doesn't have a life outside. Of this what else place. is he gonna do? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I think that's really interesting in itself, you know, and that can be something that comes up. It's like even if your answer is I don't, that's like okay, cool, mm. right? You know, I still know how to mess with with your character yeah, yeah. kind of thing and make it juicy for you. And then a secret is something again that can be used against you. It's something only you and maybe like a couple other people will know, like in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of raise the stakes and it's like. Like some of the examples that like you've got the quick start there is like I know the real location of the Mona Lisa or like oh. I know or I know that so and so is still alive or I know who is responsible for the assassination of blank and yeah. for those pregens I've 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 yeah. given people prompts but I've not filled in all the information yeah, so, I see that. so yeah, you can like yeah. make up your own or do a little I, tick I love the fact that you've got like a code name section for them. I think that's and very important. I, what I found as well is that you ask people like um you go okay, so I need a I need a name for your gnome, and they're like, oh man, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's a gnomish name. Sparkle if you fingers. say to people, Blinder, yeah, Blinder, Blinder, right. Yeah. But if you say to people like, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. if, if you say like, I need your, right, I need a code name for you, and they're just like, you know, Stardust, nice. or like, you know, Kill Factor, <laughs> or like, they just come up with something like cool, like almost instantaneously. So what would be more fun? Make the other players choose your code oh, name. Oh, yeah. I mean, there no. is that too. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic no, that, idea. That is a really fun yeah. technique, though. I have I have used it a couple of games where I'm like, people don't get to choose their names in real life. So if you're up for it, let someone else choose your name oh, for you. Yeah. Like when it's become like a family game, like the the Song of Ice and Fire RPG. Like I've I've done that a couple of times where I'm like, if you're up for it, 
get someone else to name you. Yeah. So, so obviously, I guess the big questions, you've talked about uh, backgrounds being a lot more detailed, a lot more relevant, uh, and that's sort of replacing the sort of the species, the race choosing in D&D. Um, I guess the question is, is you're using D&D, but you're taking out magic. So is technology then taking Pretty its place? Much. Um, yeah, what? I'm looking at gadgets to be the equivalent mm-hmm. of kind of magic items. Mm-hmm. The interesting dynamic, though, shifts where actually what you do is you gear up for a mission rather than finding like magic items on the adventure and then just like keeping them and hoarding them and moving on to the next yeah. kind of path of the adventure. You're going, you know, you're going to Q Branch or you're going to like technical services and you're going, right, we're going on an infiltration <laughs> mission. Get me those like climbing suction cups, right. buddy. Like, <laughs> so do, do you have so, like a requisition cap sort of thing? The, the amount of value you can, you can, you can requisition. Yeah. Okay, so I've yeah. been exploring like um, actual budgets for people who like that kind of quartermastering kind of thing. <laughs> like I am that nerd who will sit in a in a tabletop session and be like, right, so you've picked that, so that's five hundred and twelve dollars. You've picked that, <laughs> so that's the sit. Like I will do that, even though I'm not really mathsy. <laughs> <laughs> so how much how much is the Aston Martin DB5? Is the question. I don't know yet. <laughs> Probably it's, more than five hundred twelve dollars. Well, so that's where D and D starts being a relatively good simulator for the spy genre. Because James Bond, he's clearly like, you know, level 9, level 10 sort of spy. Well, I was, I was, I was, I was going to ask I was gonna ask Sam that in a second, actually. What, what, what is nah. in the system? What is James? Because you must have had this conversation. What is James okay, Bond? In my head, yeah. constantly. Uh, I think James Bond is a multi-class of soldier and oh, face. Okay. Right. Level 10 in each. So a level 20 character. Right. Um, but 10 soldier, 10 um, face. Okay. Yeah, I can see that interesting stuff i like the adventure by the way it seemed quite well set out i like that you had your stat blocks included in the adventure that that seems pretty solid just good good practice in modern design um i noticed also the the taking a healing the second well you got second wind healing uh so that's an action that all characters can take yeah yeah yeah. i mean so we found in testing guns are pretty deadly (laughs) um that's an interesting conversation what's your, what is your sort of philosophy with guns in the because you know you frequently see these conversations where you get two camps with guns some people yeah. just say well they're just pretty much like a crossbow really yeah. you get hit in the eye with either of them you're dead and other people yeah. say oh it's a gun so it does 10 trillion billion trillion billion billion damage where, 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 where do you stand in that sort of debate yeah so a, a friend of mine who um wasn't in the military herself, but has uh, like a military family. Um, and she, kind of, she was talking about it with me a bit while back when we were talking about a, a LARP that we ran. And it was like, well, oh. but bullets are such strange weapons hmm. uh, or, or, or guns are such strange weapons. Like a soldier can be like yeah. riddled with uh, holes from an AK-47 and still somehow on adrenaline just yeah. be going yeah. and still fighting for like a few minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or someone can get shot yeah. once in the leg and they just fall over and that's it from blood loss or something. Mm-hmm. So it's such, oh. like, if you were trying to simulate it, it's such a random thing. And it's so strange to to kind of simulate. I mean, I, I just, I think that they they err on the side of, like, uh, higher damage yeah. just for the actual kind of trauma that they can inflict on the body. So stuff that's comparable to the kind of higher end of fantasy weapon damage. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, not, not trying to take it too far out the other end, basically. Um, so like a light pistol is uh, a D8, just one D8, whereas like a carbine uh, kind of battle style kind of rifle would be something like 2D6 mm. just to kind of get a better average on it. 
um, but then shotguns can be higher and certainly explosives and stuff like that will be much higher and will be your kind of fireball equivalent kind of stuff yeah. where it's like roll me like 3 to 5d6 or whatever yeah. and um, hit that but I think it'll scale quite easily too with player characters because to be honest who you know like James Bond like you want James Bond to have like a hundred or so hit points because like he just runs around and does stuff again like thinking about that Atomic Blonde uh, scene oh, where she just somehow was just still going mm. um, not to like spoil it particularly but like where, where it's just such a long fight scene and she gets yes. she, you could see her get so physically beat up and exhausted by the yeah. end of it Ooh. so she's hovering on like three or four hit points by yeah. the end yeah like just just still standing uh with regards to customization of characters obviously we've just seen like your early playtest document like still a bit of a ways to go but what about feats and so forth um what sort of customization because you've got two subclasses for each of the eight classes how can we make it more ours like like is it the gadgets is it is it feats sure at the moment i haven't looked into heavily to feats yet um i'm still a bit on the fence about them for the game to be honest but it's certainly something that my intention with the game is for it to be the kind of toolkit for stuff i mean so like it's it's interesting that you say like could we do batman Mm. it's like i actually think you could do most modern stuff with this um but i didn't the 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 modern game just wasn't so catchy Uh, and you know and i do want and i do want to lean into the spy genre that's where you know the idea for the game and the kind of desire to make it came from Mm. so i want to to stick to that as much as possible but there's certainly some customization Mm. you can do just to kind of change things up and uh make it just a a kind of more generic kind of action movie or kind of modern game you know um but i'm certainly going to look into feats when it comes to the main beta development of the game um see if there can be some more customization um because yeah like i am also a fan of games that don't necessarily sit you into a class that you have to either multi-class out of or like stick into Mm. um i'm a fan of games where you can pick and choose your skills and you can kind of shape a character based on what you do and what you know rather than i am this archetype or i am this archetype uh, so yeah, certainly that. But also, we'll be stretching for other subclasses. So I'm looking to expand those out as well. Mm. Um, hopefully, um, if we can get a bit of funding to keep the lights on here in the old office uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> for that. Um, but it's it's you know certainly something I'll, I'll look into. But I just haven't quite yet figured out. So this is completely independent from your Modifius stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Not yeah. Connected at all. Was there any conversation at all about using 2D20 for it? Um, not particularly, just because, like I said earlier, I wanted to pick something that people were really familiar with yeah. um, and had a kind of large community for it, just because kind of the the, the, the spiness is the cell, really, mm-hmm. is the kind of harder cell. So I wanted the system to be as easy for people to pick up as possible. Um, and while 2D20 is gaining ground every single release, every single day, um, and I really enjoy the system itself. Actually, it wasn't quite the fit I wanted. It wasn't quite the feel I wanted mm. um, for it. Whereas the kind of slightly mm. more kind of tactical, you know, combat that, uh, yeah. with spaces and those kind of distances and stuff, that was what I was sure. looking for. Yeah. And fifth edition was kind mm. of where it was at. Yeah, fair enough. Um, can, we, can we talk a little bit about Modifius? Is that all right? I mean, we can I talk all day I, about I, I, And I know you're here to talk about the spy game. It's just that... Let me put since, my since other hat got, on. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the black hat one better, I must say. But this one is... Oh, there we go. Well, uh, th- th- certainly, it's, uh, it's an unusual shape. <laughs> there yeah, sorry. What, what is, I had to, uh, what is a modifius? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's really interesting, the uh, sheer 
volume of stuff that um, <laughs> is, is, you know I seem to sort of get some kind of press release through every seven or eight minutes wow Russ wow tell me how you really feel <laughs> no I mean you know <laughs> most days mo- mo- most days there'll be some kind of announcement of um, uh, either a, a, a new license or a new game coming out or uh, an existing game that has now gone too modifious for uh, for distribution or something like that. Yeah. Um, what what what's the sort of um, thoughts behind sort of being such a having such a big wide portfolio like that? Yeah, well, Chris wants to be the home of storytelling games, yeah. so that if you're coming at it um, in terms of the community, or maybe you're looking at RPGs for the for the first time, mm. um, and you don't hit on D and D, that here you know. He wants people to hit on Modifius right, yeah. and be like, you know, I could, I could play, I could pick up this, I could pick up that, I could play this different game or that different game. So we work a lot with a lot of different partners, mm. so independent publishers who are looking for Modifius for a little bit of that bit of experience, a bit of marketing support, um, and a bit of publishing support yeah, as well, yeah. basically. Um, so Chris is offering that up to, to third parties. There's legit. I mean, I know, I know what you, I know what you mean, Russ. Like, <laughs> like I go onto our web store sometimes on the category page, and there are more things on there that I just wasn't aware yeah. of because like I'm not involved with the third parties uh, that's another <laughs> fellow like our, our business uh, like managing director now but I like I would go on there uh, and I'm like what is this thing like we'll look in the office and go does anyone know what this is like because obviously we're not developing it ourselves yeah. so it, amongst our team uh, uh, you know we we look after you know the the, the IPs that we're managing um, in terms of the ones that we're actually making ourselves. So like your Star Trek Adventures, your Conans, your Acton Cthulhu's, which was our, one of our Modifius original mm. IPs. Um, but on the third party stuff, it's all it all comes out of left field, and I'm like, yeah. what? Like literally, like just before Je- uh, just before UK Games Expo, I was like, what is Liminal? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I only heard about it two weeks ago. It does look awesome though. I've got to say, it does look awesome. Yeah, but it's really because Modifius, I'd say what seven or eight years ago it was probably a fraction of the size it was now. It's had a really, really stupendous growth, hasn't it, over the last over the I last don't, few years? I don't think it was around seven or eight years ago. It's been that fast. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. What was the first yeah. release? I think the Kickstarter for Acton Cthulhu right, yeah. was twenty eleven. Actually, Ooh, no. So actually, well, eight years. Yeah, I'm just old now. No. Apparently, uh, does that does that make me right? Yeah, we can mark it down. It doesn't feel like eight years. That's the crazy thing. And I came in. Russ was right on this day. All right. Sorry, Sam. I interrupted. You were saying no, no, it's all right. I turned up for like interview there um, because a friend of mine who was at RP Haven in London uh, was like a gaming club there that got a few branches, uh, and I was helping out with that. And then he was like, "Look, mate, I, you know, Chris is looking for a publishing assistant. I think you should go for this. I think you'd actually be a really good fit." managed to somehow convince Chris that all of my bar experience and restaurant work uh, could translate into managing and helping him run the company. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So I... Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, There's lots of of back-end spreadsheet (laughs) management to do in in restaurants that people don't see that I managed to convince him of somehow. Um, So basically I went... I, I, I started there in order to, like, help him answer emails and do anything he needed me to do Mm. as a proper kind of like assistant role Um, and then somehow work my way onto line managing Star Trek Adventures um, managing to get that to like project manage that getting that to Gen Con Mm -hmm. was a huge feat 
And then out of that, you know, it's basically in conversations with Chris of like, you know, like employment, you know, appraisals or reviews or whatever. And that, that typical kind of like, where do you see yourself in a year mm. kind of came up. And I was like, well, you know what? I actually really want to be like running RPGs. Like I really want to be developing them and looking after the, the kind of like a team or whatnot. And lo and behold, I've now got like a team of six people, I think, including me, um, who full time? Uh, it's, it's so unheard of as well in the kind of in the in the industry mm. that we're we're a lot of like you know back. It's a it, what do they call it? I can't remember. It's like a back bedroom industry. It's like people who like work out of like literally what I'm doing now, mm. like working out of my third bedroom, uh, yeah, right. like Look for a week. Yeah, exactly. Working from the home. So yeah, this is it, right? So this this is the industry um, that that actually exists, and it's an industry I think with a small eye, but somehow Modifius, like we've got like you know three floors across two little buildings in fulham in london mm. um there's a whole war games team obviously that are looking after fallout and then uh, announced more recently the skyrim miniatures game that's going to be coming out um i believe end of this year beginning of next kind of time mm. and then we've also got you know like you know your you know, your necessary stuff your finance and logistics and like kind of hre stuff so mm. all of that kind of stuff across another floor as well so it's a company and it's a company of like upwards of like i don't even know like 30 or more people yeah, full time yeah. um and then not to count the possibly hundreds of freelancers mm. that we've worked with around the world on different games and stuff so it's it's a huge undertaking and it, it's just been it, it's really got some momentum behind it and it's grown so quickly um from from chris's kickstarter way back yeah. when for acting i mean in terms of um gaming company size it's got to be in like the top five i reckon now you've got i think it is yeah, yeah. peso wizard of the coast I don't know if you would you count Fancy Flight maybe I'm not sure if you I would yeah yeah, um, yeah. but they've got so much because I mean we do we do board games as well so we've done like Thunderbirds uh, Kung Fu Panda coming up mm. Siege of the Citadel so and there is there is more in development so there is you know there are these kind of three teams these like three departments all working on development and, and, and production project management to release all of these games so is it work, working at Modifius then has that changed sort of what it's like to actually work be there and work there over the last seven years or so yeah I mean look it's a job yeah. so most of my job is answering emails checking up on people yeah. helping 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 the team each of their because uh, what will happen is under me there'll be certain like line managers or assistant line managers who are working on a project mm -hmm. each they can either be external or they can actually be in the office mm -hmm. uh, people who are full time in the office will usually work on a couple of projects and then I've got a couple of projects as well I'm looking after Dune I'm looking after the Fallout 2D20 edition um, so um, you know, I'll be, while I'll be doing all of that, I'll also be helping other people um, working on their own projects, just troubleshooting with them and helping them kind of arrange logistics yeah. or work with freelancers and stuff. So for me, it's changed massively. Um, but it's it's still got like a kind of family company, small business atmosphere. Yeah. And that is, that is fantastic. Like, you know, uh, Chris and Rita, who founded the company, a married couple. So it is like a family kind of thing. Mm. And we'll see them on a on a daily basis. Anyone can chat to Chris. Mm. There's no kind of lofty ivory tower where, uh, or like a, like a board that sits up there and goes, we are going to make this game because money. Mm. It's like a lot of what Chris has... <laughs> Uh, got a lot of what Chris has managed to get in terms of intellectual properties or uh, certain games that we've made is he's gone well I used to really enjoy Star Trek or I love John Carter yeah. or I really enjoy Conan when I was a kid or something it's all come from a place of love yeah, so, so, which is fantastic yeah. so he's, so he's um, sort of got to be a fan of something first before he'll 
You have, yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, it didn't take a lot to convince him, but I was really like, Chris, yeah. I want to make this Fallout mm. game. Like, I am a huge Fallout fan. Um, I've been with it since Fallout 3. I've gone back and I've tried out Fallout 1 and 2, so I've getting the kind of atmosphere and the vibes from those as well. Um, but, like, I've got a passion for making that game. And I think you... You, you do kind of need a bit of that. Um, I mean, you can, you know, everyone can work professionally on something and they can work and, and they can be objective about it and they can try their hardest objectively about the thing. But if you've got like a kind of lived experience and understanding, like I did with my dad in Star Trek, line managing that product for me was a lot easier because I was like, I know what the fans are going to kind of want because I'm one. Hmm. And I, I, I know what we're trying to make here. Whereas if you're kind of trying to intellectually explain Star Trek to somebody, they'd be like, oh, okay, kind of science fiction and discovery and it's kind of like utopia-y stuff and this, kind of the other. And they, they just might not get the kind of, the real juice of like what, what Star yeah, Trek is. Yeah. The kind of differences with like Data and his cat and Data wanting to be human and there's those kind of relationships and, and stuff. You know, that you, you wouldn't necessarily understand that the ship is another main character in the show. Or that it's all about the characters, mm. um, as well as the kind of discovery parts of the of this game, you know. Mm. So it's it's always such a kind of passionate place to work, um, and such a creative space to work in as well. Mm. Even if majority of the day I have to answer emails and look at yeah. spreadsheets. <laughs> that's, that's my that's my life too. Yeah. <laughs> I know what yeah. I know what you mean, but still, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right, we are coming up on an hour and a half, so we need yes. to start winding up now. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best of luck with the Kickstarter. I mean, you, you're smashing it, so you don't need the luck, but I, w- I wish you luck anyway. Oh. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do think it is time we wound up now because we've got stuff to do. So thank you so much for coming on. It was a real pleasure having you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, it's been a blast. And we'll see you next week where we're going to be talking all about The Expanse, which we were supposed to be doing this week. But because Sam, at the last minute, um, said he was available, yes. we squeezed him in. Uh, and uh, yeah. we'll do The Expanse next week. Woohoo! It was a tight yeah, fit. There we go. <laughs> but, I backed the, but I backed The Expanse, so I am looking forward to that. Have you not got that yet? Oh, I did, I did, I backed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, my We'll go into detail and expand it for you so you can like learn all about the game about having to read it. Best way. Yeah, it's very nice. Right, anyway. <laughs> expand on it. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Hey, hashtag Team Peter. This one's you, Thanks so much, Russ. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, Sam. Uh, so, yeah, that will be goodbye from me, Russ. That's goodbye from me, Peter. And it's goodbye from them. I'm Sam. Thank you very much. Hey. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. <laughs>